You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tim Anderson is going to be out maybe for the regular season edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and current uh, next room correspondent, Will, who, another shameless plug, got to get it in, who's uh, World Premier Play uh, Campaigns, Inc. has its press opening tonight. We're recording on Wednesday after the doubleheader in Kansas City before the last two games. And the show is about to go on, as it must. Um, so that's true kinda... in both in both showbiz and baseball. And yes. uh, <laughs> that brings us to the White Sox having to go on, despite how many of us don't want them to. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. But let's, before we get into the miserable status of the team in general, uh, let's talk about Tim Anderson. Tim, Tim's got... A hand problem now. Uh, they say four to six weeks. He has never been a quick healer. I, I can't remember an injury stint where Tim was ready sooner than they thought he would be ready uh, and going full blast. It is not necessarily in a technical baseball sense as huge a loss as it might have been. You know, he's only hit 249 since he came back from his last injury stint, uh, the ground right. injury. Uh, he has not been his usual self. On the other hand, the White Sox without Tim Anderson are a much, much lesser team. And they have to somehow cope with that fact. Uh, they did it, of course, he had had suspension games going into the IL uh, here. Uh, I've been coping with Leuri at shortstop. This is not a good cope. Uh, 
Lenin Sosa came up and uh, hit a 424-footer <laughs> against Kansas City in his first game being brought up at this time. Unlikely to continue, and Sosa's reputation uh, is not good defensively. I mean, he's a shortstop. Maybe he came up as a shortstop, and he can play shortstop, and probably as well as Leury, but not well. So I'm going to throw out to you, next room correspondent, two words of consideration. Andrelton Simmons. And where is Andrelton right now? Andrelton was cut by the Cubs. So he is a free agent. You can sign him post-trade deadline. And yes, he can't hit a lick anymore. He was hitting 173. Uh, but he can still pick it. He is a great defensive shortstop. And for a team that has the worst defense in the American League, that is a big, big bonus. Plus, I looked up some numbers. Okay, he's hitting 173. Terrible. And he's been a good hitter. His career-wise, he's a 263 hitter for yeah, yeah. consistently golden right. glove shortstop. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, and he gets he's had MVP votes many years because of that. And he was only 32. I think of him as being one oh, of these 36, 37-year-old <laughs> guys. He's only 32. Wow. Um, but his on-base percentage is slightly, it's 244. That's not good. Leuris is 237. All right. So you would actually have an improved (laughs) on base presence with a still very much because we played him a couple of times this year and he's he's awesome. He's just an absolutely awesome shortstop. Um, Plus, you know, senior leadership kind of thing, all that, all that, uh, been there, done that. Um, With the team, we have to be there and do that against for the most part. I like that. I've heard a mention of Didi Gregorius, who is also a free agent now. Not a good defensive shortstop. Yeah, we don't need that. We and also need on that. the down, down slide offensively, although he has power, which Simmons has none. I'm anyway. intrigued by this idea. You know, the idea of bringing in a 170 hitter isn't the best, but also not far off from our other guys. Uh, a handful of them anyway. We do have some good batting average hitters right now, actually. But let me throw out another possibility. And I just realized I literally have no clue where this guy is. He is a gold glover. Gomer Sanchez. <laughs> That's interesting. It's possible he's on a roster. Didn't I think didn't maybe he is. Yeah, maybe. But I think they cut him. Now, did he get then picked up? But I, 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 I don't know where Yolbert is. We talk about team spirit. Yolbert, we know where Yolbert is. Oh, I mean Yolbert. Yeah, Yolbert is still working his way up through the ranks and has apparently hit a wall uh, recently. With, uh, with see, let me see where Yolmer is right now. Yolmer appears to be on the Red Sox roster. Yeah. So if he's on a forty-man roster. Can't get him. We can't get him. Yeah. Right. Bummer. Too bad, because that was definitely our interesting picks. idea. I had, had, had <laughs> no, I better. it's not really an interesting idea or a good idea. Uh it's just this dream scenario where somehow we made it through our terrible years 
finally got this dream team and ended up with Yolmer Sanchez coming back to play shortstop. And I, I love and, and probably with Leuri at second base because, of course, Tony's going to play Leuri at second base. We will be right back in 2016. It would be just <laughs> incredible. It would be a total, total time travel experience to uh, see Leuri flipping a ball to Yolmer at short. Maybe tossing it over to Adam Dunn on Jose's day off. That's that's the dream team right there. That's what we and want. And going between Adam Dunn's legs. And then, yeah. So going back to Tim Anderson a little bit, do we have? Do they? They we know it's a hand ligament injury. Does it? Yeah. Did they say how he got it? Uh, apparently swinging the bat. It was during an now you got to figure it was weakened somehow before that, but it it was swinging a bat. The last game he played his last at bat. He came away with this great pain in his hand. Um, And I guess, you know, if you, these guys swing bats hard, the ball's coming hard. If you happen to have gripped it wrong, you know, your hand slipped at that moment, I guess this happens, you know? Yeah. I haven't seen a a ton of it. It seems very in line with the other White Sox injuries of the season. (laughs) Uh, which are just doing something pretty typical and ending up hurt. Uh, yeah, so we're going to lose Tim. I would be surprised at this point if we don't lose him for the rest of the year. Uh, just because it would be surprising. He could be back possibly for the big six games against Minnesota at the end of the year, the Minnesota, San Diego, Minnesota finale. Yeah. And he, I, I think. It will all come down to contention. If we are still very much in contention, I think we'll see Tim for those last couple series. If we are not in contention or if we are on the fringe, I think we won't see him at all. Um, just because they're, they're not going to play him if they don't think we're going to make the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, sure. If there's a chance of a re-injury, why, why take the chance? And, and so we could be done on. with Tim for the whole year, which is – Obviously not ideal. He's the heart of this team, but he does seem to have lately been sort of a very faint heartbeat of this team. It has not been the the Tim Anderson we've seen in years past uh, who can lift up a team with his spirits alone. So I don't know, maybe some time away from the game will help Tim get his head back into it too. That's possible. Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's going to be really tough looking over at that shortstop position for the next two months and seeing most likely Leori, because uh, Danny Mendix uh, out for the gone. year. He's gone for the year. So, oh, wow. <laughs> we got to – why don't we just play five first basemen? <laughs> we've got we've got plenty of those. Yeah, let's play, those. let's play five they, first If they basemen. brought Simmons and didn't take – uh, uh, Lenny and Sosa down again, kept him up for more middle infield. Uh, although I think he would be the one to leave if you, if you brought in a shortstop. Um, so he can get full playing time down at, and Charlotte and keep developing, which he's doing really well. Um, uh, then you have to decide which of the 23 designated hitters on the team, uh, you send down or put on waivers and let go. Uh, there are many that, that would be. <laughs> would, uh, be quite acceptable. Um, well, not many. Most most of them have a good hitting. Well, situation. I I think something that is is just so glaringly painful about the Tim Anderson thing is uh, yesterday is a perfect example of seeing AJ Pollock in that leadoff spot. That is 
not an answer to any of these problems. It is a it is a very TLR answer, uh, but it is it is not the answer to these issues. Well, the Sun Times yesterday or today uh, opinion piece column was saying that it's now up to TLR that the Hall of Famer baseball person has got to do it. It's his job now to raise this team up. He hasn't done it, hasn't worked, blah, 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 blah. We all know that. Absolutely. Yeah. But he's got to come to life. He's got to instill the spirit. He's got to bring them on. Uh, and that he has to do that, I, don't know. I suppose that may be true. <laughs> he, I mean, somebody it, has he to. can do it. <laughs> I, I don't know that he can do it. He does have to do it. But I don't think he can, and I don't think he's interested in doing it, uh, which makes it even harder. I just cannot believe that guy is still coaching this team. I, I I say this every week. We're on here every week being like, I can't believe we went, we made it a whole other week with this guy there. And now it's just clear he's there for the rest of the season. And then once and that, the season ends, that, we, we start to pray that they'll fire him in the off season. But you know, if he's back next year, you've got no chance, no chance at all. It is the opposite of what the right choice would be in terms of getting this team closer to winning a championship. It's just mind blowing that this guy still has a job and that he's still going to have a job next year. I don't know. I mean, if, if, if you were making tacos at Taco Bell and, and 60% of your tacos were inedible, I'm, I don't think you'd get to keep your job at Taco Bell. So this is, this is a very well, he's not strange the tacos scenario. Now. He's, he's managing the people who are making the tacos. Correct. Correct. That, that's a really oh, good One point. other thing about Simmons that I want to bring up before we leave this short stoppy thing. He has this year, terrible, terrible year. Seven walks and 13 strikeouts. Leore Garcia has seven walks and 58 strikeouts. So Simmons, for all the fact that everybody says he can't catch up with the fastball anymore, which certainly looks that way, is putting the ball in play constantly. He is not putting the ball in play well. Although you'd think with a little luck, it could be better than it has been. If you keep hitting the ball, this is where we tell kids, right? When I was coaching, he'd say, when you put the ball in play, good things can happen. <laughs> yep. Uh, but at any rate, I mean that's that's my plug. Uh, do you have uh, do you have any data there on how often he swings at the first pitch? Because I would love a guy who doesn't <laughs> swing at the first pitch. I I don't have that handy. No, ridiculous. We just keep cursing ourselves with this swing at the first pitch thing. You know, you know, it's interesting. Even uh, now, these that gets us to what has happened recently. Of course, we're in this string of nineteen games against terrible teams. Uh, I think you and I were talking that the, when we first said, well, they got to go 12 and seven and they better go 13 and six. Well, now they're eight and six. Um, they had one game in the last six where they scored eight runs. Other than that, never more than three and three wow. once, three once, shut out once and against two teams not renowned for their pitching. Now, Sanger's a good pitcher and, and Dane Dunning, I was, Actually, glad to see Dane Dunning do really well. I, I liked him when he was with the White Sox. Uh, but basically, the rest of those guys 
they come in with the ERAs. The, the nightcap last night where the Sox managed two runs off the <laughs> starter, three runs total, but two runs off the starter. Guy came in with a 680 ERA. And it's, it's the, the, the one uh, this afternoon, Kyle Bubich, same kind of thing. His ERA is up over six. Now he's pitched very well lately, but he's a lefty, which the Sox are supposed to, you know, they should score a hundred runs. Uh, in Wednesday night's game, game three of the Kansas City series. I'm betting against it. Now, he is a lefty with strangely huge reverse splits, uh, which means he must have a great changeup and a bad slider. Yeah. Uh, but there is, it's kind of interesting. Bubich against Johnny Cueto. And then uh, Thursday, I love this matchup. I think the White Sox will win it. But it's great to see the young stud, who is really the best pitcher, second best pitcher maybe in the American League right now against one of the old guard, uh, in, uh, Justin Verlander, against Zach Greinke. I mean, it's kind of a classic thing. Right there. And Greinke's been pitching pretty well lately. Not That is. I mean, Greinke. Not, not traditional Zach Greinke by any means, but he's there uh, becoming a, a crafty righty. Yeah, I, I, I love Zach Greinke. I love his commitment to playing for the Royals. He likes playing there, which I don't see how anyone could right now, but he certainly, he certainly still does. And yeah, that Dylan Cease, Zach Greinke matchup is going to be really interesting. It's two complete opposite styles of pitching uh, at this point. And um, will will definitely be interesting. And to see Cueto tonight, who has been my favorite surprise of this season for sure oh for sure, for uh, sure, for sure. Is, is also going to be fun we should take our break there and keep talking about what's what's uh on the horizon for the white Sox or lack thereof uh as we head into mid-august and then into september uh but uh hold on and we'll be right back on sharing socks mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We uh, just talked about the pitching matchups leading in to the final two games of this series against Kansas City. And then we will be home where we suck uh, against Detroit, correct? Yes. And the timing is such, I mean, Detroit is so bad, any pitcher should beat them. But the timing is such that the absolute tiger killer throughout his career, not just this year, will not be pitching against them. Dylan Cease is, is doing the last Kansas City game. So he'll go on to probably game two of the Houston series which will be interesting to see how he does against them. And, and I think the rotation also is working out that Lance Lynn would pitch the last game against Detroit, which means he would miss the entire Houston series, which is good because his ERA against Houston is like 452. Well, his ERA against everyone else right now is 451. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, historically, nobody owns him like the Astros do. Yeah, that gets into the one thing that a lot of people were saying, and there was White Sox and White Sox fans just love to weep and moan. We weep and moan about injuries. Everybody has injuries. Uh, do we have some more than most teams? Yeah, but 
Minnesota, most all their pitchers, all of their pitchers gone. Uh, they're getting them back now, slowly but surely, which is not a good thing. Plus, of course, they, they added on. Well, it's a good thing for them. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not, <laughs> not, a, not a good thing uh, for the White Sox. But there is, well, the Sox uh, in the game that, that uh, Lynn pitched, well, Sox really, really hit the ball hard. They did. Absolutely true. They hit the really ball really hard and didn't have anything to show for it. But what the guys in the booth and none of the commenters on our site mentioned is Kansas City shall lack the ball against Lynn as well. Both teams were creaming the ball and it was all just dying on the warning track or line shots right at somebody and, and ended up being a four to three ball game, I guess. But uh, Lynn had nothing. And if it, well, if it hadn't been for those two homers he gave up, he was great. No, he wasn't. He was lucky. It should have been 10 runs at Kansas City, and he was getting walloped. So I don't know that Lance Lynn is back at all. I will go ahead and give my two cents, which is he absolutely is not back. I mean, he, not at all. And it's for the reason you're saying. Yeah, he might not be giving up an absurd amount of runs each start now like he did when he first came back, but he's not fooling anybody. He's not fooling anybody. And these are very bad teams. Very, very bad teams. I mean, these are teams that Lance Lynn should be rolling over. Lance Lynn, this point last season, cruising over teams like this. And here we are, and he's giving up – Really high exit velos from a lot of guys, a lot of guys one through nine. He's still giving up runs. He's not striking out a ton of guys. His command is no good, but clearly the ball's just not moving in the way he wants. And the fastball's got nothing on it. It's, it's just looks like meat and potatoes going down, uh, going down to home plate. So I think Lynn is absolutely a non-factor in whatever final push we have. Well, he's a factor. He is he is not a positive factor as we push towards trying to make the playoffs. Which gets to Lucas Giolito. Now, Lucas went through five innings without a lot of damage done. I mean, okay, better than he has been lately. 100 pitches, five innings. Yep. This is one of our bugaboos is the incredible inefficiency of White Sox pitchers last in the league last year. And I, I don't know where to even see the figures in mid-year, but in, in pitches per inning. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's just that totally is inefficient. My, Three, two counts every batter. That is, that is my number one complaint about this team. It's why our games aren't even fun to watch. Uh, one, because we don't hit, but also these going to full counts on everybody, going to full counts on everybody, throwing 20 to 25 pitches an inning. It's so boring. It's so boring to watch well, no, that. Now, to be fair, when the Sox are at bat, it's not slow. Brady Singer needed, what, 90 pitches for eight innings? <laughs> or almost eight innings. Yeah. Out of that happens They're, when you I mean, swing at the first but it, pitch. But no Justin Bieber went, went through the Sox lineup all for nine innings on, I think, 14 pitches. I mean, it was Well, first off, you said Justin Bieber, oh, not Justin, Shane Justin, Bieber. Well, the Sox, I think the Sox could hit Justin Bieber really well. I actually <laughs> am not sure. As soon as you said Justin Bieber, I thought I'd actually like to see that. I'd like to see <laughs> if we can even put up six runs against Justin Bieber. Uh, that would sell tickets. You want to get some butts in seats. 
Justin Bieber versus the Chicago White Sox. That's the way to do it. Yeah, it's we don't look at any pitches. Pitchers go after our hitters because we have shown them time and time again that we're going to swing at whatever is close right away. So, yeah, you, you can throw it just off the outside of the plate. You don't need to get the first pitch strike. We're going to swing at it. Or because our hitters aren't impressive at all right now, throw it right down the middle. We oh, see yeah. so many guys just getting that first pitch right down the middle because they are not afraid of the White Sox. You know, in some ways, it's strange how few runs the Sox are scoring. Jose is hitting extremely well. Uh, Aloy is hitting very well. Uh, we got four Luis, guys. Luis, Luis is hitting extremely well. Uh, hitting well. We've we've got four guys right in the middle of the order who are all hitting around 300. And and with power at, at, at times. The recipe of a team that should absolutely be winning. Look around the league at a lot of these teams with winning records and, and division leads. There aren't many guys on those teams that have four batters in the middle of the lineup that are hitting 300. What we can't do is get guys in, it, with the exception of Jose. Although, you know, strangely, the batting average with runners in scoring position is very good. It's it's like top five. I'm not talking about runners in scoring position. But they're position, not scoring. You're, we're hitting into double plays. We're not we're not getting guys in scoring position. We're hitting a lot of singles, and then we we hit into a ton of, of double plays because we're the slowest team in the history of baseball. I I just don't see that going away anytime soon. We we are hitting for power, but we're not hitting. Nobody is really hitting for the power they should be hitting with. I right. mean, you've you've got Aaron Judge with forty four home runs right now. And we don't have anyone with 20, right? I No. I'd be shocked if we do. I think last week we had someone with 12 or something like that. Uh, I, I can't remember. We might have someone at 14, but I, I don't think we have anything above that. Uh, yeah, Jose is at 14, Luis at 12. Bon, bon, I, we weren't giving Bond credit for it. Bon is hitting exceedingly well. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he generally has yeah. to play in the field, which is uh, somewhat of a detriment. Um, but... Yeah, those four guys are, are, are hitting the ball extremely well. Um, the defense, of course, unbelievably bad. Those home run numbers, though, those are terrible. <laughs> I mean, those are power hitters. And yeah, two-thirds of the way through the season, you know, multiply August that by 10th. half again. Yeah. yeah, it's August 10th. You're talking about maybe having a guy who gets to 20. Nobody's getting to 25 at that rate. Certainly not 30, 35. How do you win in modern Major League Baseball without anyone who's going to hit 20 or 25 home runs? I mean, it just doesn't happen. It absolutely doesn't happen. Luis Robert, we were all expecting him to put up Mike Trout kind of numbers. He's got 12. He's got 12 home runs through August 10th. Of course, he didn't. How much has he played? Remember, he was out quite a bit. Uh, Still, but he's not out that much. 79 games. That's that's. Half a season's worth, so. He's on pace to hit under 25 home runs for a guy who's supposed to have elite power, really. Jose, you've got, you know, he's he could get up to 25 by the end of the year. He's really kind of the only one I picture doing that. And that's not great, you know, for your for your first baseman power hitter. 
to only be at 25. We live in a, a day and age where mediocre major league power hitters hit 20 and 25. They, it's, it's not the olden days where that was an okay number for a power hitter. That's Especially playing in a band box. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's really, really bad. It's really pathetic. And I think our starting pitchers, if we're going to point to this season and why it's going the way it is outside of coaching issues, our starting pitchers being completely inefficient with the exception of Cease on occasion and Cueto from time to time. But Cueto we got way later in the year. Our lack of power, our absolute lack of power, we just do not hit that many home runs. And then having a historically terrible defense. Uh, You put those three things together, and how can you possibly be a playoff team? You know, when throwing bad base running, bad base running's in there too. You don't even lack need of fundamentals. It because... Let us go to lack of fundamentals. <laughs> well, that that leads us into our our bad defense uh, category. But the, I mean, if those are your most glaring issues in August, you are not a good baseball team, and and you are not a good modern major league baseball team. You cannot expect to have inefficient starting pitching, no power, and terrible defense. <laughs> and it, I mean that's sounds like a rebuild team i mean if we're being honest that is what a rebuild team sounds like they have issues in those categories and we are not a rebuild team we are our championship window team in fact we will not even be a rebuild team anytime soon because we have so little in the farm system that the idea that there even is a future now, White some, Sox team. Some of the people who rate farm systems have the White Sox as high as 29. Well, I've looked at a couple in the last two days, and the White Sox have not been so lucky. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's gone even more downhill. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Before we run out of time, because I, I, looked, I looked these up, uh, White Sox should of course, now the time we're speaking, 56 and 54, a game and a half behind both Cleveland and Minnesota, who've been playing much more difficult teams. So I looked up Dakota Fangraphs and 538 to see what they think the future holds. Now, they don't get into uh, things like an injury to a Tim Anderson. That's that's not part of their calculation. Right. Uh, so that's not factored in. Dakota has both Minnesota and Cleveland at 85 and a half wins. Uh, Wow, and the this White Sox division 80, stinks. Eighty-two, <laughs> yeah. Uh, excuse me, I think that's eighty-three and a half. White Sox at eighty-two, no, eighty-five and a half. And the White Sox at eighty-two and a half, with a twenty-five percent chance of winning the division. The worst, this incredibly horrible division. Fangraphs uh, doing it a different way. Uh, they look at uh, just looking at percentage chances of winning the division. They have the White Sox at twenty-nine. Uh, Cleveland at 31 and Minnesota at 39. And then add in there, there is the wild card possibility because Tampa Bay is kind of lingering around there on, on the number six slot. 538 has the White Sox and Cleveland at 85 and 77 and Minnesota at 84 and 78 and all at essentially the same chance. So basically forgetting the entry to, to Tim because it's not factored in there. Uh, it's a toss up, but the White Sox mostly considered slightly below um, the other team, the other two teams. 
So our most positive outlook from what I'm hearing is 85 wins. That's our ceiling according to these predictions. Yeah, there's an 85 and an 82. And the Fangraphs, I didn't get the number of wins, but the percentage, I would say it probably comes in around 82 given the percentage chance they have of making anything. Wow. What a So that's basically playing from this point on 500 ball. Which I don't know why they wouldn't just play 500 ball from here on out. So those predictions seem pretty smart to me. That is truly a pathetic outlook for a team that was supposed to be in their championship window. Which means they're going to be 20 to 25 games behind the best teams by the end of this season. And I just can't believe we're using numbers like that. Uh, in 2022, this was, this was supposed to be a big year for the White Sox and a big year for White Sox fans. And that is just not going to happen. Now we could get our miracle story. I think at this point, if the White Sox did win the World Series, we would get a full movie about it. I (laughs) I think we would get a really heartfelt Disney thing that talks about the, the cranky old racist manager in the dugout that the team rose up to get fired so that they could be themselves. And then once they did, they learned life lessons and they learned that friendship's more important than trophies. Uh, But in the meantime, when in learning that lesson, they also got much better at baseball because they became a family and then they win the World Series. Uh, so I think that's a note we should go out on. I mean, that's, that's I think so too. I'm starting to cry. Pretty, pretty uplifting little flick there that we'll never get. Um, but yes, that is all the time we have this week. Uh, we will see you next week, which we'll see you, you know, August 17th or 18th. I think at that point, we'll probably be able to determine whether or not, uh, there will be any reason to talk about the White Sox, and then we will, uh, Leave it up to you fans which team you want us to uh, root for for the rest of the year because uh, our socks aren't getting it done. Um, but, yes, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week on Sharing Socks.